Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Church Podcast. series called Psalms 23. We're in week three, and I just want to encourage all the parents, um, any, any volunteer that may be here that you're serving, third service, at the end of service, I believe God has a moment for us. Uh, I, how many of you watch uh, America's Got Talent? Some of you watch America's Got Talent. You know what I'm talking about? Every time there's a golden buzzer, I get weepy. I'm just like, mm, and I have to go make a sandwich, because that's what I do so my kids don't see me like tear up. I'm like, I'm like, got to make a peanut butter sandwich, you know, and like, so now it's like, dad, you need to go make a sandwich. I'm like, maybe shut up. Um, but um, I, I, there's just this moment that changes people's lives, and I think that's what church should be for people. I think that is what people need when they're coming in, and in, in my heart of hearts, I truly believe some of you, you've walked in, and you're just like, kind of arms crossed, like, what have you got, God? Because I need something, and I believe there's a moment that, wants that, that God wants to have with you, the Holy Spirit wants to have with you. And you need to stay for the whole service. Don't leave early. I know, but Justin, I get my kids first before the big line. I know, trust me, it's worth you staying here and letting God do a work in you, in your heart. Um, so with that being said, we're going to get into our message. It's, our, our, our text is the Psalm of Psalms 23, the whole Psalm. It's six verses, and it says this. I love how it reads in the King James Version. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. Verse 5, we're going to talk about that next week. How do you deal with annoying people? Thanksgiving's coming, right? The holidays are coming. I can't think of a more timely message. Um, so we're going to be talking about that and just being thankful through the annoyance. Um, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If you haven't got a shepherd's look at Psalms 23, the book that we're giving away, um, there in the lobby, it's a book by Philip Keller. This is absolutely free. We're not trying to sign you up for some timeshare thing. Um, we just really want to invest in you as your church. So this may be your first week. You're like, man, I don't know if I'm coming back. That's okay. We still want to invest in you because you're here today. So grab one. They're on the table in the lobbies. Um, this will be the last week that we have the books out. 
Um, today we're going to be spending our time on verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Today I want to talk to you about valleys. Talk to you about valleys. Going through hard times. Going through confusing times, heartbreaking times, difficult times. Times where you are left asking why and you don't some of us we get into situations and circumstances and our life has arrived at a place you look and you're like I don't, I don't even know how it got to this place I don't know how it got to this point how, how do you deal with the valleys how do you deal with the hard times because here's the reality none of us are exempt from going through the valleys none of us are exempt from going through the hard times, and if we're going to get better, we got to learn to deal with them. I remember about 12 years ago, um, it was about this time, it's actually in December, two weeks before Christmas, I was uh, released from my job, that's a nice way of saying I got fired, um, I was released from my job, I graduated out, um, um, I opted out, I guess, and um, I was given a severance package, and they asked if we wouldn't come back. Um, that we would just leave the church and not be there anymore. Um, and nothing, nothing, no, no like, like, what'd you do? Not, nothing? Like, it just, it just wasn't a fit. And, and God's still doing great things in that church. But can I tell you, it was still really, really hurtful for us. And in the process of it, they, they asked for us not to talk to any church people. And so here's Casey and I, about age 32, trying to figure out what's the next step. What, what are we going to do? Because we've gotten burned, we've gotten hurt by church. Um, Christmas Eve, we put our house up for sale. Don't know where we're going to move, right? Plan is to come start a church in Tulsa, but, but all this is going on. There's, there's hurt. There's, we had to take the severance package. It wasn't like, you can keep your severance package. We're going to talk to people. We were poor, right? Um, that's just, that's real talk. I, and we didn't have, like, uh, Casey's parents, my parents, couldn't be our sugar daddies. I'm not opposed to that. Give me a sugar daddy. Sugar, I would be glad if Casey was my sugar mama. I will just lay it out there. I do not have that pride. Come on, God, do it. Um, here's the deal. We, we didn't have that. And in the midst of all this going on, where, where we're, I'm embarrassed, where I don't know what's going on, where we're hurt, my oldest daughter, who was about three at that time, had been having some problems with her bladder and with her kidneys. And, and to give you some context for that, um, when my mom, was, my mom was alive at this time, um, she was in kidney failure. She was on dialysis. My aunt, who was in first service, was in kidney failure. And she was in the process of going through, a already, had already gone through the transplant, and, and it's been successful, but she had experienced kidney failure. My grandmother had passed away from kidney failure. And so we get this report that, hey, your oldest daughter may have some issues, may have some problems, and we're going to have to do some testing. Can I tell you, I, I got really choked up in first service because I haven't talked about this in a long time. Man, I still remember the fear, the uncertainty of like, are, are you, just to be real honest, are you freaking kidding me, God? Like, this now, like, like it hadn't been enough already, now this, I, I can't afford to buy my kids Christmas presents. My, my best friend had to bring me a check so I could do Christmas for my kid. And, and now I'm at this stage where my kid, and I remember walking into OU Children's Medical Center, 
And, and there's all these sick children, and in my head was like, this is going to be our life. This is it. And we had nobody to tell. We had nobody to talk to. There's fear, there's anxiety. My mind's racing to the worst case scenario. And how, how, do, we, how do we pay for this? How do, we, how do we function through this? Where's the light on this? And Charlie going through all this, and, it, and, and here's the good news. I'm not going to leave you with some cliffhanger like, what happened? Like, Charlie's good. Nothing was wrong, right? But when we're in the process of it, man, I, I didn't understand it. I, I didn't understand, you know, why does this keep happening to my family? Why does, Kenny, man, man, we've prayed for my mom. She didn't get any better. Why, why, why this valley? Why this place? I, I don't understand and I'm hurt and I'm angry and I'm ready to be done and and here's the reality there's a lot of us that that's life for us right now and and I would love to come up and talk to you about some other valleys that Casey and I have been through can I it's not like oh that was your last valley must be great Justin like fantastic 12 years 12 years ago my life sucked but now everything no 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 hear me hear me there's some valleys very recently that Casey and I walked through as parents and as a couple no, we're not getting divorced. We didn't have that. Like some of you, oh, you almost got divorced. No, it's not it at all, right? There's just some valleys that are too private to share, right? There's some valleys that you're just like, Phew. and there was a valley Casey went, I, I had no idea until a month, and she was like, yeah, I've been crying every night on my pillow, and I'm like, what? Some of us, that's life right now, and you're confused, and you're hurt, and you're like, you got to be kidding me. This, this is not where I expected my life to be. This is not what I expected life to look like. And and here's what I want us to understand when it comes to valleys. Valleys are part of the journey. Valleys are part of the journey. And I know that's not popular, but but nowhere in the Bible did it says your life gets easier when your life has no problems when you make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. It's not in the Bible. In fact, probably the opposite is true. If you really read your Bible, there was a lot of tribulations that happened, a lot of problems that came the disciples' way because they were followers of Christ, right? And we kind of have this misconception, well, if God is for me, I will never experience anything hard. But here's what Jesus said to his disciples in John 16, verse 33. It says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Because here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. There will be moments, just to be real honest, that are going to be too big for you. That that are going to be too much for you. And, And I hear this all the time, and it's just not biblically accurate. Well, God won't give you more than you can handle. That's nowhere in the Bible. That's a great, it's a fun saying to say, but it's not true. In fact, Jesus said, no, 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 understand, you're not just going to have some, you're going to have many trials and sorrows. That's what the Word of God says. But but here's the deal, is that in the process of this, way to be a picker-upper, Justin, this morning, um, there's going to be some more, I'm so glad I came this morning, you're really making this valley easier. Here's the deal, as as much as there's going to be moments that are too much for you, there will never be a moment that's too much for God. There will never be a moment that He can't 
handle. And that's why he says, let your peace be in me instead of the situation you find yourself in. Let your situation be in me because I've overcome the world. You can't do it on your own. And there's going to be moments where it's too much for you. But understand this morning, your valley's not too much for him. The Bible says this in James chapter 1, verse 2 through 3. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind. I just got to stop there. I don't do this. I'm like, James, I don't know what you're trying to sell, but I ain't buying it right now, right? Like, Consider it pure joy, like, woohoo, here we go, life sucks again, yes, like, who does that? Another trial, I'm joyful about it, like, yeah, here's the, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. I, I, I struggle with this, but this is what the Bible instructs, and here's what I can understand, and here's what I know, there's going to be moments that are going to catch me off guard, and surprises me, and surprises you, but nothing catches God off guard. And nothing surprises him. My oldest daughter, Charlie, she's in FFA. Some of you have heard this by now. She had a showing yesterday of her sheep named Peaches. And every time she goes to walk Peaches around outside, it's like walking a dog. You walk your sheep. I, it sounds weird, um, but they got to build the butt muscles up. I'm just glad I grabbed my butt right now. You're welcome this section. Um, we'll never do that again. Um, like, welcome to Facebook Live. We're um, but, but it builds the muscles up, and so she, but, but Peaches, every time she goes to grab Peaches and take her out of the pen, Peaches does this. She does not want to get out because it's, she doesn't know where she's going. She doesn't know if she's getting a trailer. She's unsure about the journey. She's not sure. But what's amazing to me is Peaches never goes anywhere that Charlie hasn't been first. And her shepherd, in essence, her caretaker, already knows the path she's going to take her on. And some things may surprise peaches along the way, the sheep, but nothing surprises Charlie. And what you need to understand this morning, there may be valleys that you don't understand. There may be valleys that you struggle with, that you're confused with, that you are surprised by and catch you off guard. But hear me this morning, your shepherd never takes you any place he hasn't already been. Your shepherd doesn't take you any place that he is surprised with. In fact, when he knows you're going through the difficult times because he's a good shepherd and not just a shepherd, he's even more watchful and right next to you so he can make sure that you can make it through that valley. It may catch you off guard, but nothing catches him off guard. Valleys are a part of the journey. And when we understand that, we've got to make sure we're certain of something and be very, very uh, purposeful on this and, and, and deliberate, we have to make sure our valleys don't turn into our pits. Got to make sure our valley, make sure your valley doesn't turn into your pit. Psalms 23, verse 4 out of the New Living Translation. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. There's a big difference between a pit and a valley. And when you decide to stop moving through your valley, when you decide to stop moving through this hard place, something happens. It becomes, instead of a valley, it becomes a pit. And a pit is a place where you stagnate, where you become still. And when you get into a pit, it is a place you start looking at yourself instead of your shepherd. And in the pit is where we find self-pity. 
and we start becoming stagnated, and we start struggling with the question why, and we can't get past the question why, and some of us, we have been in our valley a lot longer than God intended us to be because we've allowed it to become a pit that we're stuck in, and instead of a valley we're walking through. And some of you, if you're going to make it through your valley, hear me, you've got to keep walking. You've got to keep I know you're hurt. I know you don't understand. I know that you didn't think it would be this way, but you've got to keep walking through valleys that are hard. Place, well, Justin, I don't feel like, I understand you don't feel like, but you got to get past your feelings and stay obedient to his leading. Some of you, you are allowing a a valley to turn into a pit, a place of stagnation, a place where you are stuck. But hear me, a valley, a valley is a place of transition. And this is really good. Transition defined means this, the process or a period of changing from one state or condition to another. Let that sink in just for a second. The process or a period of changing from one state or condition to another. Your valley is a place of transitioning, where he's taking you from this and taking you to that. Where he's taking you from this state and condition you were in, and he's transitioning you into this state and condition that he has for you to be. It doesn't mean you're going to like it. It doesn't mean that you're not going to be scared. It doesn't mean that you're not going to be hurt. It doesn't mean that you're going to understand everything all the way. It doesn't mean that you're not going to be surprised. You're not going to be disappointed. But what it does mean is If you keep walking, there is a transitioning that is happening in your story. Is that you aren't stuck, but there is movement that is happening. It may not be all at once, but it's gradual. It doesn't say that you run through the valley. It just says, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, of the darkest valley that I don't understand, that's not fair, that keeps me asking why, but I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to keep walking because I'm not going to allow my pit, my valley, to turn into my pit, but I'm going to allow it to be a transitioning place. Because you can never get to the highlands. You can never get to the next mountain without going through the valley. There's a transitioning that is happening in your life. I saw this um, on Facebook. I've been saving this for a long time. Um, I, I have to fact check when I see things on Facebook. Because just because things are on the internet, it's not true. I didn't know if you knew that. Um, but you're welcome. It's a story of Jim Thorpe. And this is... This picture is Jim Thorpe. If you look closely at the photo, you can see he's wearing different socks and shoes. This wasn't a fashion statement. He wasn't being Russell Westbrook, right? It was the 1912 Olympics, and Jim, an American Indian from Oklahoma, come on with that, represented the U.S. in track and field. On the morning of his competition, think of this. This is what he's worked for his whole life. On the morning of his competitions, his shoes were stolen. Luckily, Jim ended up finding two shoes in a garbage can. That's the pair he's wearing in the photo. But one of the shoes was too big, so he had to wear an extra sock. Wearing these shoes, Jim won two gold medals that day. And this is a perfect reminder that you don't have to resign to the excuses that have held you back. So what if life hasn't been fair? What are you going to do about it today? Whatever you woke up with this morning, stolen shoes, ill health, failed relationships, don't let it stop you from running your race and moving through your valley. You can experience more in life if you get over the excuses and get on with the living. You can have reasons or you can have results, but you cannot have both. 
It's either a valley or a pit. It's either a valley or a pit. And what dictates the difference is your willingness to keep walking through the hard times. And, and here's what I, I, here's the hope. Like, you may be in here and you may be like, Justin, I'm in this valley. I'm struggling. It's hard every day to take one more step. It's hard every day to keep staying obedient and to keep following the lead of my shepherd, the lead of my Savior, the lead of the Holy Spirit guiding me and leading me through this. But hear me this morning because this is the hope you and I have. He is the God of the valley. He is the God of the valley. Going back to our text, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. This means this, is God's not just over the valley. He doesn't just see the valley. He owns the valley. He's in the valley. The valley is his. Uh, uh, this, this past summer, Casey and I went to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and I've shared this a little bit, but there's a, another aspect of this story. I've been, I'm going to squeeze every illustration I can out of this uh, experience that Casey and I had. Um, I, I, I've been wanting to go whitewater rafting for like our whole married life, and I finally talked Casey into doing it and to go on whitewater rafting. And she's like, the only way I'll go is if we do the big raft that has like 30,000 people in it. Um, it has like, really, it has like 25 people in it. And I'm like, okay, babe, we'll, we'll, we'll do the raft. We'll do the big one. And so literally, we show up to the place called Lewis and Clark Expeditions. We show up to this place and they go, are you Mr. and Mrs. Graves? That's what they call you when you get old. They call you by your last name. Um, and they start calling you, sir, you're like dadgummit. Um, but we show up to this place and I said, yeah, yeah, we're those old people. And they said, we, do we have a deal for you today? They said, our big raft is just too full. And so we actually want to upgrade you to our smaller raft that is a lot more bumpy and adventurous. And I'm going, oh, like this. And Casey's like, dadgummit. Like, I do not want to do this. But she knows she can't say no to me because it'd be like killing a puppy right in front of me, right? And so she's like, fine, we'll do it. Casey was so nervous and so frightened and, and there's good reason because this is one picture but this is the first rapid we went through right this is it and so I'm like no no so this is right after right go back to the other picture this is right after and we're both like ah that was awesome right here's the deal and here's here's why I'm showing you this I had no idea what we were doing. Casey had no idea what we were doing none of these people the eight people in the front knew what they were doing you see the guy in the hoodie that guy's name is Orion. He was our travel guide, our river guide. And Orion, I'm pretty sure, smokes pot just because of his name. Um, like, dude, look at the stars like crazy. I'm going to change my name to Orion. Um, anyways, it's true. If you heard him talk, you'd be like, yeah, you smoke pot. Um, here's the deal. We didn't know what we were doing. If they would have put us in the Snake River, that's what it's called, um, and they would have said, good luck, you know, your, your guide Orion will be at the, the end of the destination, we wouldn't have known how to get there. We wouldn't have known uh, when the water gets rough like the rat. I didn't know to keep paddling. I thought you grabbed on, but it's keep paddling through the hard times. That, that actually stabilizes you, right? Like, I had no idea. I, I didn't know how to guide or direct the raft from, from danger, but 
Orion did. And can I tell you, you don't serve a travel agent, God, who knows about the destination. You serve a travel guide who is in the boat with you, who you may not know when to row. He tells you when to row. You may not know where to go because you're confused. He's in the boat with you, and he is guiding, and he is keeping you from safety, and he is guiding you with his staff and his rod because he knows where to go. You aren't alone in your boat. You're not alone in your valley. He's in the valley with you, keeping you safe, sustaining you, guiding you, directing you. And all you and I have to do is just trust him because he knows what he's doing in our life. And in the midst of your valley, in the midst of where you are, here's what I know to be true. As you read your Bible and you understand that God is a God of making your valley place, the places that are your valley, into a place that is your rally. Your valley becomes your rally point. The very thing that was supposed to destroy you ends up rallying and defining the rest of your life. In Joshua chapter 10, it talks about in the valley of Agilon, the sun and moon stood still in the valley so that the Israelites could continue to fight that led to a victory. In Judges chapter 7, we read about Gideon who defeated the Midianites. The army was way bigger. They were outnumbered, outmanned. The Midianites were way, it said that it was like a locust, a swarm of locusts on the ground. And yet they were better equipped. Yet there was a rally in the valley in Judges chapter 7 where Gideon was victorious. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, David defeats Goliath in the valley of Elah. In 1 Kings chapter 18, Elijah kills 800 prophets of Baal in the Kishon Valley. After they defeated them on the mountaintop, they delivered them from the, the prophets of Baal. In 2 Kings 14, Abishai defeats 18,000 Idiomites in the Valley of Salt. In Jeremiah, it talks about the Valley of Dry Bones where they were broken, where they were dead, where there was no help. Jeremiah had a vision, and God asked Jeremiah, can these dry bones live again? And Jeremiah says, only you know the answer to that, God. And the miraculous starts happening, and flesh forms, and it's an army of God that is moving where? In the valley of dry bones. I don't know what your valley is called. I don't know if your valley is called divorce, it's called marriage problem, it's called health problems, it's called kid problems. I don't know if it's finances. I don't know if it's emotions. I don't know if it's abuse. I don't know if it's health. I don't know if your valley's infertility. I don't know what it is, but you serve the God of the valley that if you will allow him will become the rallying point for the rest of your life. If you will allow God to set it up so that he gets the glory instead of you pouting and letting it become the pit, he will do the miraculous in the very most unexpected place you ever thought it would happen. Allow the God of the valley. It's his. He's with you in it. Walk with him. Stay. Man, I may be scared to death. I may not understand it, but because you are in it with me, because you are the Orion in my wrath, man, and you are guiding and you're directing me, I don't have to fear because if God is for me, who can be against me? Your rod, your staff, they comfort me even in the darkest, most dangerous places. That's the God you serve. He's the God of the valley. He's the God of the wrath. And if he did it for them, he'll do it for you. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for today. And God, what an amazing Savior you are. What an amazing God you are. And Holy Spirit, literally when Jesus started describing you, he said you are a comforter, a counselor that guides and protects. You guide and protect And Lord, there may be some of us who are here today, 
and we don't understand. We don't understand how we got here. We don't understand the situations we're facing. God, it's hard. It's hurt. We, we're hurting. We're confused. We're angry. There's all these different emotions. We feel abandoned. But God, I pray that we would not let our feelings dictate the truth. But we would allow your word, which does not return void, to bring truth and power and insight to our life. And so, God, this morning, I pray that those of us that are walking in a valley, <laughs> that we would not allow it to turn into a pit. Lord, if we're here and we've allowed our valley to turn into a pit, I pray today, God, that our attention would not be, would not be on what we are facing and what we are going through, but our attention would be on where our shepherd is leading us. And I pray for the willingness to walk again, to walk, keep walking through it. God, for some of us, we're tired. Let us keep walking. Lord, don't let us live our life based on our feelings and emotions, but let us live our life based on our obedience to where you are leading us to and what you are leading us through. You never said it would be easy. You simply said it would be worth it and we would live life to the full if we would simply follow after you. God, I pray a resolve in our heart today that God, the very place that was supposed to destroy us will be a rallying point for our lives and for the rest of our family's lives. Lord, I pray, move, move. In Jesus' name I pray with heads bowed, eyes closed this morning. If you're here, you're watching online. If you say, Justin, I'm here and I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, we want to give you a chance to change that. Today you may be here and maybe it's about you recommitting your life, but here's what I know. You need a rally in your spiritual walk with the Lord. You're, you're at a place you, you don't even remember how you got there, but you know something needs to change in your life. If that's you, right when I get to three, you may be watching at home, you may be here. I just want to invite you to raise your hand and allow a rally to happen right now in your valley. One, two, three. Is there anyone here you say, Justin, that's me. You just raise your hand really high. Yeah, there's one, there's two. Is there anyone else? You join these two hands that are lifted before we go any further. You say, Justin, that's me today. There's one other hand. Is there anyone else? You join these three hands that are lifted before we go any further. If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me. I mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today. I confess that I've sinned, that I've messed up, but I ask for your forgiveness. God, I, I, I turn away from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life you have for me. I pray right here, right now, would be a rallying point for the rest of my life. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or in need of prayer, or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at nicole at foundationschurch.tv.
We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.